13-year-old Adam has made a lot of mistakes in his life, but this has to be the biggest. Thanks to a massive fight with his little brother Callum, the mysterious and magical computer algorithm Popularis Incrementum has exploded and accidentally transported them to a completely different dimension. One where they were never born and the internet doesn't exist and neither does any of the technology they know and love. Will the brothers survive in this strange altiverse where everything is the same but different? Can they stop an evil villain from sabotaging their dad's world-changing technology when in this universe their dad doesn't even know who they are? And most importantly of all, will they ever find a way back home? Adam Destroys the Internet is out now in paperback. Available from your local Waterstones or online at Waterstones. Hello everyone, it's Sean and it's time for another episode of Fun Kids Meets. This is the podcast where we meet excellent, interesting people. And speaking of excellent, interesting people, we've got someone who is going to be claiming the crown as the new queen of Fun Kids Meets. It's Anna Louise, everybody. Welcome along, Anna. Hello. You're going to be taking Robin's crown. Essentially, when someone new comes onto Fun Kids Meets, we like to give them a crown. So you are the newly crowned queen of meats. So yes. Congratulations. I hope to retain my crown for some time. Yeah, I think, well, as the last new person on Fun Kids Meets, unless a new girl presenter joins, I think the crown's safe. I mean, come on, I thought you'd say, you know, because you bring such stardom to Fun Kids (laughs) Meets, there's no rival for you, Anna Louise. No, just until that new queen comes, then you just keep that crown safe. How are you anyway? I'm very well. You might hear some cockerels and roosters crowing in the background because I'm currently on Fox Watch. <laughs> of course we're you making, are. What else making... would you be doing? Of course there's going to be some sort of farmyard-based activity. If you don't if you don't listen to Anna Louise's show on Fun Kids, it's it's all farm-based frivolity. There's always like a little miniature horse or some sort of animal knocking around, and she's brought that she's brought that vibe to the Fun Kids Meets podcast, which we appreciate. Uh, the predators are lurking, Sean. So I've got my eyes peeled. I'm kind of ready to pounce, and I've got my saucepans ready to rattle and leg it down the garden in case it jumps over the fence. See, we, we've got we've got an interview to talk about. Um, the, the, we're chatting to Deanna, who's the creative art director at Disney Pixar, a new film Luca, which we're very excited about. But I'm really interested in this saucepan situation. <laughs> what do you do with those? It's a method that I've been perfecting since I was seven years old. When I first since saw you my were seven, what is going on here? <laughs> when I first saw a fox outside my window, and I needed to protect my pet chickens that I'd trained to sit and stay and follow me around the garden. Oh, like dogs. Yeah, they're actually very intelligent creatures. So the only weapon, if you like, the only defence I had against the fox to rattle them, to startle them, was the kitchen cupboard. I dived in, I grabbed the frying pans, the saucers, and I went running down the end of the garden, waving them, clanging them, banging them with the spoon, and it scared them off. They when were you were seven? In a glimpse, when I was seven, and I'm still going now. She's still going out <laughs> all those years later. Well, I'll tell you what, Deanna's going to have to step up with some pretty interesting... <laughs> interesting stories because you're setting the bar quite high Anna you're just meant to come on and big the guest up you're not meant to come in and trump them with stories of, of fox scaring with saucepans oh I tell you Deanna's going to bring it all she's so inspirational and I had to try very hard not to be starstruck Sean I have to say hearing all about her creative journey through life because she's the creative art director for Luca which is the brand new uh, Disney Pixar film just coming to Disney Plus uh, did you see the film 
I did, and I actually got a very special delivery to oh, add to the you. atmosphere. So there was a knock at the door, and I went running over. To, and there was no one well, there. there. Was a, did you have your saucepans in your hand at the time? Or? <laughs> I'd put those away, thank goodness. And I opened up the door, and I sort of peeked around, and there was just this white parcel sat there saying, Anna Louise, nothing else. And sort Mysterious. of like, almost like, I want to say smoke was sort of, but it wasn't smoke, it was steam was sort of appearing out of this package. Anyway, I took it in, opened up, it was freezing cold. It had obviously been in some sort of ice truck. And I opened it up, and it was my favourite ever dairy-free ice cream, pistachio, raspberry and coconut all in line so that it made the Italian flag. Oh, very And it nice. had a really lovely little label to say that it was to create the atmosphere of being on holiday in that beautiful Italian scenery by the coast with the wind whipping through your hair. So I got the fan going, you know, just to try oh, and yeah, imagine us by the sea. Got to add those little bon- bonus items because Luca, <laughs> uh, so the film's based in Italy and it's all about these two lads who turn into sea monsters when they get splashed by water or they are sea monsters aren't they and they are sea monsters they're they're hiding out as humans but if they get splashed with water they turn back into sea monsters they do and you see all their adventures both under you know exploring the ocean floor and then also getting used to their legs and their arms and tearing around on bikes on land it sounds amazing it looks amazing as well from the trailers that i've seen i'm looking forward to seeing it i'm also hoping that i get my own little steamy box of ice cream based fun but i'm not holding out hope for that um but so a thing we do anna is uh, a thing called fun kids meet bingo which is essentially where i try and guess what you chatted to your guest about okay okay so um using my sort of like powers of deduction i reckon you're gonna ask the anna just what a creative director does because that's what i want to know because what, what what's she in charge of what's she going to be covering I'm, I'm hoping we find that out. It also, also, this game makes me sound like that. If uh, if you didn't do these things in your interview, then you failed in your mission as a broadcaster. And I I'm apologize starting for that. to sweat. The beads <laughs> are dripping down my forehead. I have to say. <laughs> the second thing I was thinking, because we all know, like Pixar films, they've always got loads of Easter eggs in the background, yes. like little nods to past films. I'm hoping with this opportunity with the creative di- creative art director that you might have snagged some exclusives of little Easter eggs that we can Ooh. look out for. And lastly, because it's such an accurate representation of Italy, I reckon they must have gone to Italy and had some sort of jollies over there. Jollies. <laughs> yeah, I want to I hear about Research the... Research and preparation, I think you'll call it, Sean. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, you know, no, no. Planning and storyboarding and mood boarding and, you know, doing uh, location sketches. Is that what you mean? Nah, jolly. Oh, <laughs> all, all about the jolly. So I, that is what I am expecting to hear in the interview. Let's, uh, let's uh, hear your chat with Deanna and see how many we got right. 13-year-old Adam has made a lot of mistakes in his life, but this has to be the biggest. Thanks to a massive fight with his little brother Callum, the mysterious and magical computer algorithm Popularis Incrementum has exploded and accidentally transported them to a completely different dimension. One where they were never born and the internet doesn't exist and neither does any of the technology they know and love. Will the brothers survive in this strange altiverse where everything is the same but different? Can they stop an evil villain from sabotaging their dad's world-changing technology when in this universe their dad doesn't even know who they are? And most importantly of all, will they ever find a way back home? Adam Destroys the Internet is out now in paperback. 
Available from your local water stains or online at water stains. Diana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be chatting to you this evening. Kick us off. Tell us what it's like a day in the life being a creative director for Disney and Pixar. What is it like? It's all sorts of things, honestly. <laughs> it's very cool. Um, I basically get to collaborate with brilliant people all day long. That's what it's like. So I go in in the morning and depending on where we are in production, I might have a day where I'm just drawing all day, collaging. It's like being, you know, a kid again, really. And then I have days where we're working out a lot of problems and we're having to collaborate and it's a lot of meetings. But uh, either way, it's always really fun and super rewarding. And what did you dream about when you were a child? Did you ever think you would be working for Disney or for Pixar? Yeah, uh, I was in second grade when I officially decided uh, very specifically that I was going to be an animator. And I, I mean, like a lot of children, I always drew. I guess for me, it was always going to be Disney or Pixar because those are the films that I loved so much. I even have, you know, yearbooks from high school where people have written like, well, see you at Disney. No <laughs> I'll way. for you at Pixar. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is foreshadowing, isn't it? It's like yeah. it was meant to be. You mentioned, you know, your, your landscaping, your mood boarding and your collaborations. How did you design the characters and decide how Luca and Alberto and Julie would look? I mean, that's whoa, that's that's a, a big question just because there's so many people involved. You know, it's very collaborative. I, I took a lot of cues from, of course, our director's uh, personal drawing style, which is super loose and playful and it's imperfect, but in the best way, it's just uh, like perfectly imperfect, charming. Um, and then from there, especially with the sea monsters, there was a lot of looking at Carte Marina, like the antique maps. Um, I looked at a lot of world folk art, just anything hand carved from all around the world, because in those pieces, you really see the hand of the artist. And that's that perfect imperfection again. Um, I looked at a lot of Japanese block print and scientific illustration, just anything very rich and textural. Um, and as far as the kids are concerned, Luca, Alberto, Julia, because we were doing something so textural, it made sense to keep the shapes very bold, very bold and simple to support that. And that's how kids draw, right? They're very direct and fearless. And I wanted an element of that. And then we just had a lot of fun. Each character has their own hero feature. Luca's got the big curious eyes and Alberto's all mouth, just all talk. And Julia's got a really, you know, sharp nose and that fiery hair, you know, because she's such a, a presence. Just all these things combined. That's that's what happened. And that's what you get. <laughs> and when do you start feeling like, you know, the characters, you know, when do they start coming alive to you on the page and on the screen? That's a very cool question because I've often asked myself the same thing. There, there are times where I'm just spinning, you know, and I'll be drawing and, and sure there are times and days where I'm, I'm frustrated, you know, but you got to keep going. Um, so you might come at it from collage or change your medium, whatever it is. But then there's a day where you put something down and you just know it's 
Right. Because you've been thinking about this character for so long and you've been listening to people from story and the director and there's like a, an instinctual like, yes, I think this is it. And I and I, I think it also helps to find a way to connect to the characters as well. I, I found my own way to connect to Luca, Alberto and Julia. And I think that's also how I got to know them. Mm, how do you do that? Can I ask? Or is it a secret? No, no, it's not a secret at all. You just you grow with the characters. So when I, I came on very early, the everything was still being written. The characters were still being flushed out. And as much as story informs art, art informs story. So we're building the characters together. With Luca, I think it was this uh, idea of him being trapped between two worlds, right? He had to make a choice. And I'm first generation Italian. I've dealt with that. Canada on one side, Italy on the other. Um, Alberto is a, a collector of of human oddities and I collect vintage, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, Julia's just a powerhouse and she's unique and, and direct. And I could always relate to her personality a lot as well. So yeah, you just kind of work to get to know them and, and um, you let yourself be a part of the character development as well. When I spoke to the creative team behind Frozen and Frozen 2, they were telling me how they got to explore foreign countries as part of their research for the films. Did you and the team get to go back to Italy or was it a bit difficult during these times that we've been experiencing? Uh, We did. We we made a trip to Italy in 2019 and we just had the best time. We uh, spent our days just walking and photographing, a lot of us were sketching. And imagining those sea dragons on the horizon, no doubt. Yeah, right. The film is all about friendship and about fulfilling your potential and about breaking out of the comfort zone and finding yourself and, and also about the friends that you make along the way and how they help you to do that. And mm-hmm. I was wondering if you, Deanna, whether you'd had any friends that had changed your life along the way. I did. I mean, I, I, I've had uh, several, but there's one in particular. Uh, I'm from Toronto uh, originally. Technically, my family will kill me if I don't say this. I'm from <laughs> Windsor, Windsor, Ontario. Oh. I moved to Toronto for school and uh you know, my class was predominantly male. This was for animation. And there was an, an, a girl there, Alex, and we became uh, best friends. I still talk to her, of course. Wow. And uh, men, as a girl coming from the suburbs, I was a little more sheltered, you know, did, haven't, hadn't done too much. But Alex had already lived in San Francisco, Montreal. Uh, and she just kind of encouraged me to just try stuff, just get out there and get into some trouble. Really. We just had so many adventures. We got into a lot of trouble, but it was fun. And she just uh, gave me a lot more uh, confidence. So, yeah. Do you think that shaped you as an artist as well and as a creative? Yes, because I think it made me more bold in the way I pursue my inspiration. I mean, uh, she really just inspired me to not only start traveling, but start traveling hardcore, like, you know, strap on a backpack and have no plan and just show up in a place and see what happens. And that that's really shaped how I go about 
my life. Now, I know, Deanna, we can't see your studio right now, but can you walk us through what your studio is like? Are there pens and papers everywhere? Is it a messy space? Have you got mood boards, scrapbooks galore? (laughs) Well, I will say personally, my office is an insanely messy space. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's bad. It's just like papers everywhere. Funny, oddly enough, I always know where everything is. And when I clean it, that's when I lose everything. Yes, me Um, too. Yeah. (laughs) The hallways uh, around our area were really interesting because they had, we have like leftover props and reference pieces from past films. They've even left like boards up from Coco. You'll find a drawing from like Finding Dory. It's like, why is this even here on this table by the scanner? You know, stuff like that. It's kind of cool. And you know that you're working on Pixar, on Disney. Do you keep all these little sketches and these sculptures that you make along the way? Do you keep the funny little jokes that your colleagues draw? Um, yeah, everything is kept. We have a, an amazing archive uh, team and, and they come and they swoop up the art and make sure it's protected and preserved for the future. I mean, all of that goes to archives. Um, and then, of course, there's like little things, sketches that don't make the cut that... Um, I tend to not throw anything away. I mean, if it's just not suitable for archives, I might just keep a piece just for memory, you know? Uh, What advice would you give to young listeners who want to grow up and work for Disney and Pixar like you? First and foremost, love it. I mean, love it more than anything. I I don't think anyone goes into animation thinking money. (laughs) You know what I mean? I I, I mean, it has to come from someplace uh, very pure. So um, absolutely adore it learn everything about it. If you want to be a character designer, it would be great to also learn about animation because at the end of the day, you're building characters to move and uh, just draw your heart out and and uh, have fun with it. And what do you hope? I've seen the film. You've obviously seen the film. But for those who go and see the film uh, and put it on Disney+, Plus, what do you hope that we're all left with long after we finish watching the film? What do you hope stays with us? Joy, I, I would say. Just, just joy and uh, and maybe a bit of nostalgia. Maybe it makes you think about your most favorite summer with your friends, your best friends. Um, or maybe it'll inspire you to get out there in the summer and make it the best summer ever. But either way, just uh, just the warm, the warm feels. Oh, I'm with you so much. I want to be one of those sea monsters right now, darting on the waves, diving deep, playing with my mates and then rolling up on the shore and adventuring and seeing what's around the corner. Thank you so much for making such an incredible film and for, you know, putting those smiles on our faces. Oh, thank you. And I feel the same way. I need some sea, I need some, some sea sun time right now. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go. Let's go right now. You know what? Forget it. (laughs) Let's do it. How lovely was Deanna? What a legend. Oh, what a superstar. So many stories, really bright personality and just wanting to inspire us all to join the world of animation. And the sound of that studio, Sean, I want to be in there day and night just exploring all of the little jokes that they leave behind and all of the sketches and all of the pictures and posters up on the wall. It sounds quite simplistic to say, but you can see why Pixar films are so good based on just how she described like the atmosphere and how hard everybody works. Yeah, and I love that she's always talking about collaboration and working together and building the characters and kind of bouncing off of each other to make them real. 
It sounds lovely. It sounds lovely. I'll tell you what was lovely were the results of the Fun Kids Meets Bingo. Because for hey. another week in a row, I've, I've, I've done okay, actually. I've done okay. Wanted to know what a creative director does. You just went steamed right in on that one. No messing <laughs> mess about. Around. Getting to the bottom of the matter. So we'll take that one off. Um, the, the second one uh, was, was the Easter eggs. No oh, mention I know. No mention I was worried. Of... Yeah, I was worried when you said that. I guess like there is a little bit of like you don't want Diana Tata to reveal all her secrets, you know. You want to leave something to the imagination. Yeah, she she's she's a woman of many secrets. She didn't want to give too much away and I I don't know if you know Sean, but I'm terrible at sort of getting spoilers out of people and ruining the magic of film and TV shows by yeah. giving away that big momentous moment so no. I didn't want to talk too much about the details in case I gave the whole game away and then made an enemy of Deanna <laughs> I love how you just thought this entire <laughs> scenario through. I did <laughs> you and Deanna just becoming enemies um, I did like that they said about how some sketches and stuff from old films get left around so I can imagine that that's maybe what gives inspiration for the easter eggs like they'll see like an old sort of drawing or concept sketch from Coco and think oh maybe we could sneak that in somewhere yeah there's inspiration all around in the Disney studios so I reckon that's where they get it from and finally there was an Italian jolly (laughs) in the words of Sean (laughs) there was a jolly you know uh, an adventure full of research and preparation I think they'd rather call it Sean but yeah I I love how you're defending the integrity of Pixar (laughs) they did go exploring they did they did manage to explore and kind of get that market research in place before making it happen on screen so you were right yeah amazing stuff Anna thanks for uh, hanging out with us on Fun Kids Meets oh it's been awesome I'm coming back. I'm coming back to get the crown. I hope so. I hope so. And thanks so much to Deanna for chatting to us. Uh, Make sure you smash that follow button because we'll be bringing you more interesting people next week. And if you had a nice time, do leave us five stars and a review as well. See you next week. Bye. Thirteen-year-old Adam has made a lot of mistakes in his life, but this has to be the biggest. Thanks to a massive fight with his little brother Callum, the mysterious and magical computer algorithm Popularis Incrementum has exploded and accidentally transported them to a completely different dimension. One where they were never born and the internet doesn't exist and neither does any of the technology they know and love. Will the brothers survive in this strange altiverse where everything is the same but different? Can they stop an evil villain from sabotaging their dad's world-changing technology when in this universe their dad doesn't even know who they are? And most importantly of all, will they ever find a way back home? Adam Destroys the Internet is out now in paperback. Available from your local Waterstones or online at Waterstones.